What's going on everybody? Mitch Michaels here. It's time for another edition of the Money Mitch Effect Sports Podcast where we cover all things in the world of sports as you may know by now. Episode 157 of the series. We're going to talk to my good buddy Chris Miller about the NFL. We have started training camp. The Hall of Fame game took place last weekend. First slate of preseason games this week. We're going to catch you up on some storylines. Talk about the Cleveland Browns, what they've been up to. The stars of Hard Knocks, that show getting started there. Are they going to be a better team? Chris is a big Oakland Raiders fan. We talked about that team. John Gruden's going to get through. Will Khalil Mack come back and play soon? We touched on the Hall of Fame class, what Des Bryant might do, and much, much more in the world of the NFL. It's Chris Miller talking pro football here now on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now on the Money Mitch effect to talk about football. It's been a while since we talked about the National Football League. It's been a while since we've had this guy on the podcast, Chris Miller, back again. Yes. This from Skype. This is the first remote Chris Miller experience, so I'm a little uh, intrigued by what we're going to get. But, Chris, thanks for joining the show again. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, this is uh, It's not the same without seeing uh, that handsome mug of yours, but, you know... Uh... We'll make it work. It's a preseason tease, right? We can't, you know, spoil the whole season already. That's and, right. Uh, got to save some for the regular season. <laughs> got to save some, Chris. There's a lot to talk about. We're not going to get into the predictions and previews just yet because we have just started preseason. There's a lot to to sort sure. out in the preseason. About a month away from actual games, a little less than that. But we had the yep. Hall of Fame game. We had the Hall of Fame ceremony, and I do want to talk about that because every year it's kind of cool to see the guys that get into the Hall of Fame, but. I just feel like these last couple of classes, especially this one, Chris, we're all starting to a little bit show our age because this was the first one I can remember just really admiring a bunch of these careers from start to finish, even dating back to college for a few of these guys. You're talking about five players in Brian Erlacher, Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, and Terrell Owens with the senior members, of course. But those five I named, Chris, they all had their dominance in the 2000s. So this is a new era for the Hall of Fame as they usher in the 21st century athletes. It's kind of cool to see. Oh, definitely. You know, and first and foremost, too, a big congratulations to all of them. They were all well-deserved. Like I said, you know, earlier before we started recording, you know, I thought Erlocker might have been a little more of a bubble, but, you know, you can't argue with how amazing he was on the field when he was playing. So congrats to all of them. And, yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, Earl Acker, I mean, it's first. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? He was voted in. I could have seen if he wasn't. Um, that but we're nitpicking there. He, he eventually would have gotten into the Hall of Fame. It's tough sledding. To yeah. In. And, and and really, I mean, Moss and, and Owens going in together. One quick thing I'll say about T.O., because obviously Randy Moss is there to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I get why T.O. was upset. I get why he was upset with the media. And honestly, he can do whatever he wants. It's his decision to make. He doesn't owe anybody anything. Sure, but, but not speaking at the Hall of Fame ceremony. The one thing I'll say is, it limits the power of whatever message you want to deliver. So I just don't think he fully realized that by him not, you know, him spurning, no showing the ceremony, less people are going to hear whatever he has to say. So that's just yeah. the unfortunate thing about it. I, I obviously would have handled it differently. He is on the right to make his decision. I think it was just a little unfortunate to see the end result be him not being at Canton on his special night. Yeah, definitely. And uh, honestly, though, I, what bothers me about him not showing up, look, if he doesn't want to be there, fine, you know. But 
what bugs me about it is that it that evening that enshrinement ceremony it's not just about him and his message it's about all the people that worked hard to get him there as well his friends his family his coaches his teammates you know and it's his chance to not only be recognized but recognize all the people that that lifted him up to get to that place and that's where i really feel that the loss was is that he loses he lost that opportunity to have that moment to thank the people that that helped him be there. It was a cool ceremony for sure for the guys that were there. It was nice to see some of the familiar faces back again in next year's Hall of Fame class. It's not going to get easier to get into the Hall of Fame, Chris. You got Ed Reed, Tony Gonzalez, oh, yeah. Champ Bailey. Yep. Man, it, it it's going to be tough, and some other familiar names like Tony Biselli and Edger and James that are that are waiting, you know, as well as Zach Thomas, the guy comparable stats to Brian Urlacher. So. It'll be interesting. Yep. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But now we're going to turn our attention to the upcoming 2018 NFL season. And really a lot to dive into in the preseason. I'm going to lead off with the most exciting team in the offseason, my Cleveland Browns. <laughs> They're certainly making it interesting, aren't they? Yeah, I said exciting. Uh, uh, I didn't say promising. I didn't say <laughs> most you know, optimistic. I said exciting. There's been some highs. There's been some lows. I guess that's yep. a pun as well. But look, it, when you talk about this Browns team, I think the first thing both of us we realize, Chris, is that it's another new regime. It's a yep. guy that's won before Dorsey coming over from Kansas City, and the first thing he's doing, what a lot of businessmen do, is just gutting the <laughs> gutting the remains of what's left. So they trade Corey Coleman. That was the the, the most new, new the most recent trade. Yeah, they just ship him off to Buffalo. Now they have no first-round picks on their roster from 2012 to 2016. On the surface, it looks terrible, and in a lot of ways it is. But that wasn't yeah. this guy. That was not That was a trade, getting rid of a guy who was getting passed on the depth chart in training camp. It's time to move forward, and I can't say I fully blame that one. But what do you think about what the Browns have been doing from the draft to the offseason and now getting ready to start an interesting 2018 campaign? Well, I think it's interesting, and you kind of touched on it. I think the Browns their last six or seven first-round draft picks have never even finished their rookie contract while still on the Browns. Yeah, They've all either been released or traded. Corey Coleman, obviously, the most recent trade. It's interesting. Like I said, I mean, anytime you got Hugh Jackson in charge of a team, things are going to be interesting. I mean, he's still sort of, you know, not sure whether or not there's going to be much playing time for uh, Baker Mayfield in the the first preseason game, even though we all know he's going to play a fair amount, he's, you know, refuses to say if and how much. So obviously kind of keeping that mystery and that drama, but they've made some great pickups. I think picking up someone like Jarvis Landry is great, you know, and in the last couple of years, like last year, I think they drafted pretty well. They've given themselves a pretty solid defense. They're going to be interesting. I don't, you know, I don't, they're not going to win the division. You know, I think that hands down goes to the Steelers. But they're definitely going to be in a lot more games. And, you know, there's a team that's they're not going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. They're not going to go 9-7. and seven. But I, I think they could easily win 5 or 6. Right. The roster was so weak in the last couple of years. And a lot of that was bad drafting. But it was also signing guys to big contracts that couldn't live up to them. Yeah. I think what Dorsey's realizing is he needs football guys. He needs players, even if it's just yeah. solid players. And that's when you get a Tyrod Taylor you make some additions. Carlos Hyde's on the team now. They're finding a way, Jarvis Landry, another one, they're finding a way to put talent on the roster. 
Yeah. yeah, five or six wins is about what to expect, but it's nice to see that they're actually starting to build something. Now, I don't know what that is, and there's a lot of steps to building an actual contender, but yeah. you got to understand from the Cleveland side of things, we haven't even seen step one in the last five, ten years, so it's nice <laughs> to see that first step. It's nice to see the framework, the blueprints be taken out by the guys with the construction hats, because we haven't yeah. even seen that. Oh, Definitely. It'd be good to see them go in the right direction. I think Tyrod Taylor was a great pickup for him. He's obviously ready to start now. And they have the luxury of letting Mayfield, who, even though he was a first overall draft pick, let's be honest, he's he's a work in progress. So he'll have a chance to to really sit and learn for a year. You know, they won't make the same you know, mistakes that they've made with other first round quarterbacks that they've taken in the past, which as we know, the Browns, you know, have a pretty uh, sorted pass when it comes to first round quarterbacks and I think they're well they still seem like they kind of the Browns it, it does seem like they are sort of learning from their from their mistakes in the past and sort of turning over a new leaf so it's gonna be interesting they're gonna be a fun team to watch I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it I'm glad you brought up Baker Mayfield because I want that to kind of segue into my next point moving a little bit away from the Browns but just to talk about rookie quarterbacks in general in the NFL and we know that there's no guarantee at any level that you're going to start. We've seen that with guys like Baker Mayfield. We've seen Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, some big-name quarterbacks that have been drafted this year. I look at Mayfield, and I do agree with you. I don't think he's going to play. As well as he's done in camp, by all accounts, this is a guy that is moving quickly up the depth chart. He's somebody that's playing pretty well I mean they, they talk about his run his throwing on the run has been on point he's been accurate and he's blowing them away at camp but they do have Tyrod Taylor they have a guy in there that's already done a lot and already accomplished a lot who do you think that first rookie is my question being who do you think that first rookie is that's going to play whether it's opening day one at the quarterback position or just the first rookie to get in the game Darnold Josh Allen Rosen or Baker Mayfield Will any of them start um, week one, or, or who do you think it will be whenever it is? From from what I've heard, it looks right now like Sam Darnold's going to be that guy. Apparently, he's blowing people away in New York. They really like what he's doing. Everyone admits that he has some struggles during OTAs, but that's to be expected from a rookie quarterback. But now, uh, from, from what I've heard, he's really picking up that playbook really quickly, and he's starting to really impress the team and I think he's got a good chance I think Rosen's got a great chance too yeah those are the two names I just because of the Brown situation and the Bill situation the Browns can definitely afford to be patient with Tyrod Taylor and McDermott and Buffalo have said they want to be patient with Josh Allen he's looked good too you yeah still do have AJ McCarron but it's also like okay there's no need to rush throwing a guy like Allen onto the field especially if he's going to take the most time to develop Rosen yeah. and Darnold have the chance to start week one, and they're going to have the opportunity to earn that job. Brad, mm-hmm. Bradford and McCown, respectively, for the Cardinals and Jets, not great, but not pushovers. It, it, it's not It's not like you have nobody else. I mean, to beat those guys, it's a, it's a fair first test. And yeah. should they not be at that level? I don't think there's anything to worry about yet. I mean, it, there's no need to rush it, but if they do earn it, I mean, I think the chances are going to be there. One thing I'll say about Arizona, though, they've had a lot of injuries. Now just losing their starting center. Another lineman down. I don't know that I'd rush Rosen out there. 
me, just me. I don't think they're going to be that good either. But we're talking about <laughs> really teams put that aren't Brad probably going to be that offensive line too. Yeah, really, Buffalo is the only team we mentioned out of these four that has a chance. I mean, they went to the playoffs last year that I think can be good this year. This year. As much as I'm bullish on the Browns to maybe win five or six games, for these four teams, the Bills are the only realistic playoff threat in my mind. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are maybe the third best team in their division right now. The Cardinals are probably easily the worst team in their division, and it's... I think Seattle's going to be pretty bad, too. I'm just... I'm yeah, just out there. that's true. But I, 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 they still... And when this situation, when it's kind of a, a toss-up, you know, you got to go better quarterback, and I would take uh, Russell Wilson over anyone they have right now in Arizona. But both those teams are vastly way far behind the Rams and, you know, maybe slightly closer to the Niners, but the Niners are... are going to be pretty darn good this year too so yeah you know i say definitely ship you know put donald out there if he's ready rosen just because they have bradford they have the luxury of letting him sit and if you can awesome but i definitely i definitely think donald will be out there week one chris miller money mitch effect i do want to mention about the seahawks though Mm-hmm. And now we're hearing Pete Carroll say glowing things about Chris Carson, the running back, in, in training camp. Mm-hmm. You drafted a guy in the first round that's a running back, and you have all these holes on your offensive line and in your defense. Yeah. Earl Thomas is probably going to get traded. It, yeah. It's just it's a mess, man. I Seattle, dark days are ahead. I really believe that. Yeah, I don't know how they went from being one of the best-run teams one of like this like shining example of how to do things right in the NFL to all of a sudden like the, the, a dumpster fire you know it's just i mean they unraveled so quickly for a team that went to back to back super bowls and were they're knocking on the door you know Literally. years before that to to just all of a sudden like potentially the worst team in their division it's crazy to me like how this happens but the more you listen to, you know, like interviews and stuff from Sherman and other guys, I mean, it really sounds like there was a lot of unhappiness with how the team was being run. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting tagline to that 30 for 30 of the Seahawks fall. You know, the what if I told you that deciding to pass on the goal line yeah. would ruin an entire franchise. And it looks like that's where <laughs> we're at right now, because ever since that moment, there was some stuff that still lingers from that moment. It, it boiled over yeah. in other things. It's just... It's been a mess, but Chris, staying out west in the AFC, I want you to to give me your honest opinion of your Oakland Raiders. Are they a team that you're... I remember last year, the the glimmer was in your eye. You thought this was a team really going places. I was cool, too. They had a very bad year. Del Rio got fired. John Gruden's the coach this year. It's going to be interesting. Another interesting (laughs) development. John Gruden is partying like it's 1998. (laughs) <laughs> is that going to work though this year? Is Carr going to get better? What's going to happen with Khalil Mack? How are you feeling about the Raiders right now in August? Oh boy! I mean, fortunately, there's not as much of the drama as say like the Seahawks have going on, but they definitely have their fair share, especially with Mack. I think that'll definitely get worked out at some point in the near future. If he's not there at training camp, I'm not too super worried. Does it suck? Yes. Do I want him there? Yes. But Aaron Donald held out held out for training camp last year and was the, what defensive player of the year last year. So it's not like missing training camp equates to a poor year. As far as uh, Gruden goes, I mean, I was definitely iffy on him when they 
signed when they hired him. You know, we talked about this last, you know, last time. I'm still not a hundred percent, but the more I watch interviews with with Derek Carr and other players, and about seeing their excitement and hearing about how they're really buying into everything he's teaching them, and they actually love the fact that he's pushing them harder than a lot of coaches have pushed them before to be better. You know, those are good positive signs. That being said, I still think they're probably the second or third best team in their division right now. Um, I would give the slight edge to Kansas City, although we don't really know how Mahomes is going to be as, as a starting quarterback. But right now, the Chargers definitely look like the team to beat in the AFC West. Yeah, the, that's part of it, too, you, you mentioned, is the AFC West. It looks like it's going to be loaded next year. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. going to be another tough division there. Yeah. It's good to. It's always good when you have a bad year to rebound with a new regime, that, that different voice in the room. And I think Gruden knows a lot about football, and maybe he can get through to Carr. That's going to be the key to all this is can he get through to his young quarterback and, and have them make strides on offense. But we'll see. Yeah. It's been a long time since he's coached in the NFL, and it is always hard at any sport to come back, pick up where you left off because things change so fast. Maybe he can adapt. Some guys have. Some guys haven't. So that needs to be seen. I just think that this Khalil Mack thing, I'm a little worried about – the fact that there's basically no negotiations going on right now, that he seems very content to just sit out as long as possible. This is one of the, if not, I'd say definitely top three defensive player in the league who's not wanting to be a part of anything that the team's doing right now. I'm a little I'm a little worried about that, especially when Gruden came in. He, he talked about making it important to have a bond with his best players. And so far, it doesn't seem to be the case. The whole Mac situation really boils down to to the Rams and what's going on with Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think anything with Mac will get worked out until Aaron Donald's situation gets figured out because he's going to be the baseline that's going to set you know the value of the contract that Mac will get to sign. And if you look at kind of where the big contracts are going right now. Uh, in the NFL, they're not going to defensive players, and they're certainly you know not going to defensive ends. I mean, Von Miller got paid a couple of years ago, right. but you know, and JJ Watt, you know, a few years ago. But now, like the big contracts are going to wide receivers, they're going to quarterbacks. I mean, Brandon Cooks got paid a boatload of money for by a team that he hasn't even played a snap with. So I think that kind of shows you a little bit what the league values the position at in some ways. But at the end of the day, both those guys are going to get paid. But as soon as Donald gets it figured out, you know, then I think Cleo Mack will get figured out very shortly thereafter. Yeah, remains to be seen what happens in Oakland. But it's a new it's a new regime for sure. You mentioned Don, you mentioned Aaron Donald, and that's another guy that I think definitely deserves his money, especially considering the Rams just gave Gurley his deal. They're able yeah. to make the cap work with some other players. Yeah, he's, he he might be the most dominant in one position of anybody in the entire NFL. You'd like to see them bring him in. Gurley though did get paid, and, and he got paid guaranteed money at the running back position. One of my biggest pet peeves, yeah. what I would change, is I would essentially take away the rookie cap, the rookie salary system for running backs, because that position, mm-hmm. Chris, just does not last long. You need to get paid early in your yeah. career. I do like what we're seeing that. It started to change. Now, Le'Veon Bell is a different case. I see why yeah. a team wouldn't want to give him the money in the years at, at, at that age that he wants. Mm-hmm. But 
until until you don't let teams basically use running backs for cheap and then kick them to the curb, why wouldn't you do that? It just makes too much financial sense. Well, yeah. Well, especially when you have like Kamara, you have West and Kansas come into the league, and he can just. And you you have, don't have to pay them anything. They can be pro that, bowlers. Ezekiel Elliott's not getting a, a norm, an enormous deal yet. And then maybe you yeah. don't want to pay them and just you want to draft another young running back and you could take advantage of that cheap labor at running back. I get it from a business side, but these guys got to yeah. get their just due because they're not in the league as long as, as definitely not quarterbacks, but not even linebackers. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd never get upset with a player who's trying to get paid. I mean, it, you know, get your money, you know, for sure. And I agree with you, Aaron Donald definitely deserves to get paid. And his situation compared to the Cleo Max a little bit different, though, because on top of having to pay Aaron Donald, the Rams also have to pay Jared Goff in a few years. So they're in that situation where they're not only going to have to figure out a good deal to get Donald what he's worth, but also a, a contract that saves them enough room to sign Goff in the future. Whereas the Raiders don't have that situation. You know, Derek Carr's already signed for the long term. They're not going to give a big contract to Marshawn Lynch. So really, their money is kind of tied up in him. And then also, they need to keep some money around to keep that offensive line together. But it's not quite the same as having to pay a franchise quarterback. And that sort of makes things a little bit tricky in Arizona. But I'm glad Todd Gurley got paid. I mean, he had the one bad year. But other than that, you know, I mean, he's he's been pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and, and the Rams are doing what they have to do with a young quarterback. It's how Seattle won their championship. you got to take advantage of your window, a quarterback on yeah. a rookie deal. They're bringing in guys like Sue, guys like Tlaib, veterans mm-hmm. on short deals that by the time Goff's up for a contract, they won't be on the books. It's smart, but hey, they're, they're one of the teams, and we always see this with the NFL every year, Chris. They make the schedules harder for teams that just got good. The Rams have a lot yeah. of hype, a lot of talent, and could go all the way. Their over/under win total in Vegas is nine and a half, and if you really? look at the, if you look at that schedule, if you look at who they play, that is about right. I'm just, yeah, a look at that schedule. Like ten, eleven wins is a damn good season for that team because they stack the deck against them maybe harder than any team in the league. Their division alone, though, I mean, their division's so weak, though. Seattle always plays them tough. It's funny how those teams always play each other tough, regardless of who the good one is. Well, sure. I mean, that's the same with, like, any division game, you know. But I know they opened the season with Oakland, which uh, I'm not looking forward to. But the Cardinals, that's a win. Chargers, that's going to be a tough game. Excuse me. Vikings, that's a tough game. Although I don't think the Vikings are... Chris, they go Packers, Saints. Scary. They go Packers, Saints, back-to-back. They got the Chiefs. They got the Eagles. I think they're going to win about 11 games, and, and, and that might be the equivalent of a team winning 12 or 13 with an easier schedule. So, so one, two, three, four. I'm going to give them the Broncos. Well, at Broncos, yeah. Mm, yeah. it's a tough schedule. Four, five, six, seven. Yeah, you know what? Nine does seem kind of right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know. But they have a talented enough team. They have a, a good coach. Uh, so you never know. I, I think the Vikings is a winnable game for sure. You know, if, if nothing, the Vikings have proven that there's definitely some uh, gaps in that defense. I mean, they got exposed in the playoffs. But, yeah, Packers, at least the Packers game's at home. But then they have to go on the road to the Saints, which is never easy. Nope. Uh, the Chiefs is not easy. 
Again, at least the Eagles are at home. So some of their big, tougher games are at least they don't have to go on the road for. But, yeah, definitely uh, going to be interesting. And, and finish the season at home with San Francisco, which could definitely be a game that decides the division. So that'll be interesting. Money Mitch, in fact, with Chris Miller talking NFL football. Chris, let's talk about some, some other interesting storylines. Firstly, a player that isn't signed yet. What do you think is going to happen with Des Bryant? I don't know. I mean, here we were just talking about how everyone wants to pay receivers, but not that one. <laughs> so, no. you know, I think, God, you know, I mean, there's definitely some talk about Baltimore, talk about, about Pittsburgh, possibly. I think Dez really wants to stay in the NFC East just if for nothing else because he just wants to, you know, stick it to the, the Cowboys twice a year. Frankly, I'm I'm shocked that he hasn't signed. I mean... He's what twenty nine years old, right? No, I think he's, uh, I think he's thirty. If he's not thirty, he will be soon. But I thought he was okay. So well, he's on the board, twenty nine thirty. Still, he's not he's not you know long in the tooth. Yeah. You know, he still has great hands. Um, yeah, he's twenty nine. He'll be thirty in November. So there you go. Okay, so twenty nine, almost thirty. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, there there must be something that these teams know that we don't know. Maybe about. Uh, just maybe just dealing with him as a personality people just kind of don't want that around it's interesting and frankly surprised that some team hasn't taken a shot you know it seems like something the Raiders would do um I think it's a two-way street too because yeah some teams might be a little more hesitant than we would we would think or we were a little surprised to see but yeah he, he reportedly didn't really want to go to Cleveland which okay yeah. we can make our jokes if you want but it, it's look that he doesn't have a full list of suitors. Eventually, he's going to have to grit yeah. his teeth. I think Baltimore would have signed him to a couple-year deal, not at the money value he wanted. He wants a, a shorter term, maybe a one-year deal with a lot of money to prove yeah, himself. I get that. Yeah, but look, it, it's not exactly. I know it's not running back, but it's not a uh, it's not a uh, buyer's market, so to speak. I mean, you have to understand that there are a lot of young receivers coming into the league and playing well early. So Des might oh, yeah. have to just go somewhere he doesn't want to early and then really prove. Last year was not a good year for him for a lot of reasons. Maybe not all on yeah. him, but it wasn't a good year uh, for him. So, Yeah, outside of running back, I think wide receivers is one of those positions where there's a lot of talent at the wide receiver. So I understand how that sort of waters down the, the market a little bit. But obviously teams are willing to pay. And honestly, I would love to see him go to the Browns. Could you imagine having to deal with him on one side and Jarvis Landry on the other? I mean, that's Josh a Josh nice... Gordon. And, and Josh Gordon? Are you kidding me? And Tyrod Taylor, who's a pretty darn good passer? Yeah, that's I just, foolish. I want to see Josh Gordon. I want to see Josh Gordon on the field. I, I'm I'm a little worried that there might be some personal demons rearing their ugly head. But from what I've heard, you know, he hasn't. He has. An agreement with the team to not be there and he's you know dealing with his stuff but he'll be there and and god lord have mercy on these teams you know landry and gordon i mean geez it's not like gordon's been getting beat up the past few years he's just been kind of hanging out working at a car dealership for part of that time yeah so he's gonna be healthy and yeah so i'm saying that's why i'm telling you i think that you know like i said i don't think the browns are a playoff team but they're gonna be a team that are gonna be fun to watch Chris, let me ask you another question. Though, about another, let me ask you another question about another team, the Carolina Panthers. And this is just a, yeah. this is just an observation. Why is it that a lot of these players, Calvin Benjamin being the most recent one, why don't a lot of his former teammates like Cam Newton? 
He's not the first that, would, that has said public. Or I wish I was a former teammate so I could answer that. I, I, I don't just, know. I think it's it's almost like and, and Benjamin went maybe about as as far against him and it seemed like sour grapes a little bit. But but he's yeah. not the first. We know maybe it's not just a ring not endorsing him. There's a lot of players that leave Carolina and don't think highly and, and vocally put their support for how good a lot of the people, a lot of us think Cam Newton is. I'm just fascinated by that. It seems like by all accounts he's a good teammate to the players that yeah. are in the locker room, but I don't know. There's something there with Cam Newton and some of his ex-teammates. It's fascinating to me. Well, I mean, we've seen some of that personality of his, you know, both the positive and the negative. And I think some of that poutiness and the grumpy faces and general standoffishness that he gets when he loses, I think that not only rubs the media the wrong way, but I'm sure he's like that in the locker room with his teammates, too. Granted, no one's happy when they lose, you know, and we get that. But I think he's kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And from correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't Kelvin Benjamin's knock on him that he wasn't like a student of the game, right? He doesn't study the playbook, and he's not as ready um, to go out there. And I can understand, I can see how that could upset a lot of teammates. I mean, if you're going out there and you're busting your butt to do your film study, to study your playbook, to get prepped, and then you go out there and you see a situation as a wide receiver and you're expecting your quarterback to audible out of what, what you see to a different play. And here's Cam not doing anything. I mean, from, from what I remember correctly from Benjamin's quote, that he doesn't really audible much out of, out of certain situations. And I can see that being frustrating, you know, like why are you putting in the work to, to bust your butt to win a game if, if your quarterback, who's like the head of your team, you know, he's like the CEO right. of your franchise, you know, if he's not going to put in the work, then, yeah, I can definitely see that um, upsetting a lot of people, especially the wide receivers, you know, and I'm sure the offensive line do. We'll see. I mean, it's it's a little unfair to not have Newton really respond, you know, and, and yeah. it, it is something Buffalo has even said to Benjamin, you got to cut out, you know, snapping like that on talking bad about former teammates. But I just, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, this is a theme now. So we'll have to see. Chris, before yeah. I let you go, this has been good talking football. I want to bring yeah, up okay. uh, two more things. One being how many months or weeks, rather, I should say, until we can talk about the budding uh, potential controversy between Foles and Wentz. Um, just I want to know what's going to happen when Wentz is healthy. They presumably put him back onto the field, and he has his first bad game. <laughs> when Wentz how is healthy. How that nice, you know, very respectful, slow-to-anger city of Philadelphia will respond. <laughs> to Wentz if there's anything I know about the, the, the sports fans in Philadelphia, it's that they're very patient. Love Christmas. Very understanding. <laughs> no, look, I think everybody in that locker room and on that team understands that Wentz is the starting quarterback. It's going to be tough, though. You know, I think he's going to be a, a little while before he's really back to being what he was last season. Because, I mean, he got injured fairly late in the year. Yeah. So, you know, you have guys who get, you know, have the same sort of injury in training camp. They're out a whole season and they're back kind of somewhat during, you know, training camp. And then as the season goes, they get better. You know, Jordy Nelson talked about his injury. He said, you know, it took him a full season of playing just to feel comfortable again. So I definitely think that Philadelphia fans, the team need to be a little patient with Carson Wentz, but I mean, Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback. 
you know, unless this team just just is horrific, which I don't think they will be. I, I don't see Foles being the quarterback, barring another injury. No, I mean it's it's something to monitor just because we know Foles can hold the fort down. We're not sure Wentz is going to be back to normal. I would obviously be cautious with bringing him back. He's the future of the franchise, but yeah. Well, and they have this luxury of having Foles. Weird saying that, by the way, but he played better down the stretch. He had a little rough patch to start, but he played better, obviously won the Super Bowl. So if they need to give Wentz some more time to get comfortable, to get back to playing speed, they have that. They've got a quarterback who's who's more than adequate to be their starter. So, But I don't think there's any actual controversy. I think it's just a matter of how much patience do they, do they have with Wentz as far as his recovery goes. And I think if, if Andrew Luck is, is any sign of that, you kind of have to just let things be what they're going to be, you know. And I think, you know, Luck even said himself that he was trying to rush himself back. He wasn't listening to his body. He wasn't doing the things that he should have been doing. He was trying to force himself back on the field, and it made the injury worse, and it made it longer than it should have been. And, you know, same thing with Wentz. You know, you want to rush it, and if they, if they don't need to have him out there, if they're playing well, then, you know, it'll be what it is. Right, and man, I am so, you know, we don't have a, a full-on pre-show meeting, but you bring up Andrew Luck is a perfect unintentional segue into how I wanted to end this, this segment here with Money Mitch Effect with Chris Miller. I'm a mind reader. It's this guy. Back on the field, and I want to pay tribute to that and to what I think is the funniest Twitter account there is. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And that is the one and only Captain Andrew Luck on Twitter. Where he basically <laughs> talks about Andrew Luck. It reads fake quotes like he's... Because he kind of looks like, an, like a Civil War veteran. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, Matt Money Smith was reading some of those the other day uh, on on the air. It's, it's hilarious. Phenomenal. I'll give you one example. Yes. I... In, in March... Of, in March, when Frank Gore went to the Dolphins, he writes, Dearest Mother, Lieutenant Gore has departed the unit. While I shall miss our frank discussions, he confided in me his wish to one day swim with the Dolphins. He shall be missed. <laughs> Onward, Andrew. <laughs> and then the first day of camp, he said, Dearest Mother, today I again report for basic training. I feel I'm, a, I'm more well prepared for the battles ahead than I have been for some time. I shall fire my sidearm in abundance, and it will be marvelous. My heart is glowing, my neck beard full, and my resolve strong. He also (laughs) talked about how happy he was to sign uh, Private Nelson, the rookie Quentin Nelson, to a contract. Yeah. He has added Private Nelson to his ranks. I foresee myself and the young man working closely on the field of battle. Let the kinship begin. It's phenomenal. I love this. (laughs) Dearest mother, I received your care package of salted sparrow knuckles, dried skunk bites, and, of course, squirrel oil. I think my favorite one was when, when Vinatieri came back, he said, Joyous news, the unit's trusted sniper, Sergeant Vinatieri, shall return for one more campaign. <laughs> it's just, it's phenomenal. The, the, it's a great account. It's Andrew Luck. He still uses a flip phone. <laughs> it's just, I, I, can't, I can't speak enough about it. And no, in all seriousness, I'm glad, to see, I'm glad to see Luck back onto the field, onto the field of battle and uh, onto the field. Because I think anyone who loves football is excited. Yeah. Andrew Luck is there, you know. He, he did so much with such a poor team. They're starting yeah. to get some pieces around him, and they're gonna. That division is wow. I think the AFC West is tough. The South is right there with them. 
I mean, oh, that yeah. division is probably my money the best, the deepest division in all football. We shall see what happens there because I think all four of those teams have at least somewhat of a chance to compete. The Colts are probably fourth, but they're a pretty good yeah. fourth best team if Luck's back and healthy. Yeah, I still think it's the Jags to lose, which is kind of the weirdest thing to say. But uh, Houston's going to be right there. And early reports are that uh, J.J. Watt's looking phenomenal right now. So that's going to make a pretty scary defensive unit that much more frightening. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the AFC South is going to be a fun division to watch. Um, I'm just excited for football. I don't know if that came across yet or not, but <laughs> this is one of my favorite times of the year is that getting ready, getting the preseason in. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fun teams to watch, a lot of fun divisions, some bad teams to watch too. But, you know. But you never know, though. Even the teams that you think are going to be clunkers end up all of a sudden coming out of nowhere, like the Jags. Or were they 2-14 and 14 the year before and win the division last year with one of the best defenses in the league? AFC title game, yeah. Yeah. That's the battle. See who's like, going to be. their quarterback? Come on. Who would have predicted that? I love it. That's what I love about football. It's the Blake effect. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But hey, that's why we watch it. That's why we why we watch the game we can't wait for preseason to start it a couple weeks there'll be meaningful games yeah and in that time we'll get you back on we'll do this again in person yeah definitely and we'll have to figure out our uh, our handicap for the raiders browns well we gotta figure out what what's on the line here are we talking we talking drinks or are we talking something else so let me just let me just put this on record i'm not going head to head with you that's not how this works the Raiders have the, the toughest schedule in the NFL this year. Like, That's how not could... how this works. We don't go straight up when a team went 0-16. We look oh, at what, oh, the, what well, the win total was, what the win predicted win total is. And you're definitely going to be giving me a few games. Oh, well, fine. I mean, I was thinking we could do something like uh, wear the other person's team jersey, but I feel like you wouldn't be that upset if you had to wear a Raiders jersey for a day. So, uh... Yeah, I mean, there, there's variations of... Of how we how you could do that, but it's not yeah. really. I mean, yeah, we got to be a little more creative. I'm not saying we got to go dress watch like like Andrew Luck <laughs> a couple of years ago. I'm sure sometime you know if we chat around mid season again, there'll be a team that'll definitely be the uh, the dress watch team of the year. So we'll we'll figure out which team that is, and you know, we'll put that wager back on books. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right, Chris Miller, Money Mitch Effect. This was fun. Thanks for coming yeah. on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Huge thanks to Chris Miller for coming on today's episode. Always a blast talking football for him. I mean, come on. I can't do a wins total straight up Browns versus Raiders. I'm optimistic about the Browns, but we got to do it fair. We got <laughs> to keep it fair for that. But thanks again to Chris Miller. He'll be back on a bunch during football season. As we get ready, I'm excited. I hope you are too. If you like the show, share it, leave a rating or or a review on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Check the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page out as well. Follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the sports that's on television, some baseball, some tennis. We're almost there. We're almost at college football season, then it'll be pro football. I can't wait. I think I've said that before, but we are very, very excited. This was the Money Mitch Effect. I'm Mitch Michaels. Until next time, keep enjoying sports. <laughs>